welcome back to another weekly Scale Riders podcast episode covering model car culture from around the world. I am your host, 65 Lokes. This is episode number 168. My guest for this episode is Roy Sorensen. He's the editor at Hot Cars Magazine, a skilled model car builder, and member of NNL West. Let's go right ahead and get into this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Hello. Hey, what's up, Roy? How you doing? Good. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, it's great to hear your voice, and I'm excited about this episode because uh, this weekend, you know, we got the NNL West that's uh, right around the corner. Yeah. And um, I wanted to get into it because, you know, it's been a couple years since we had the uh, NNL West. Yeah. Um, you know, COVID did a thing and, and uh, we had to cancel the first year and we canceled the second year. Uh, Fine Scale Modelers stepped up and uh, allowed us to do a, a virtual NNL West on their website, which was really cool. Really helped us out a lot. Yeah, that's awesome because, yeah, you know, that that show, it's like every year, and I know for a lot of people, they come from far, they travel, and even the locals that live in Northern California and others that live in, like, Southern California like to make that trip out to that show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my experience from going, like, the first time, I was, like, just blown away, you know, going to NNL West. I didn't know what to expect, seeing mm-hmm. how the size of it and then seeing all the tables set up where people were placing their models. And then the other side, all the vendors too. That was like a big treat right there as well. Yeah. We've, we've always tried to incorporate a swap meet with it. Um, in the old days when the economy was good and the hobby was booming and everything, we actually took over a uh, ballroom, you know, in a hotel for uh, in and out on Saturday and then cleaned it all out and, Sunday the next day we had the swap meet all day wow (laughs) when we moved into the bigger convention center you know that the rent that convention center is so much money we had to cut it back to one day so half the room is the swap meet and half the room is the NNL yeah man that's cool so NNL is is this Saturday for those who are listening to this I know most of the guys that I've talked to they're going out there it's June 11th Santa Clara Convention Center from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. 4 p.m. And um, t- tell us a little bit of uh, NNL, like what is it that, you know, like the vibe, like that takes place? Because I know most people out, you know, they go to a show, they, they tend to think like, all right, you know, I'm competing for first, second or third place. Like how, how's uh, the vibe and everything with NNL West that people should expect that are going to be attending? Yeah, that's, that's one other thing I've, I love about the NNL format is that it's very laid back. I mean, you have... An adult people's choice, you have a youth people's choice, and that's the only two awards. I mean, it's all about bringing your models down, sharing them with the fellow modelers, checking out each other's cars, just, you know, enjoying each other, talking about model building. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember, like, the first model shows I had attended out here in Southern California were very, you know, it has to be... The car has to be done on a certain level, and this it was almost it felt like a lot of pressure to to enter um, these model contests and even just to participate in it, right? That right. I know for some people that I've talked to, they kind of tell me like, "Oh no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready," and they're a bit a bit hesitant to bring out their cars. 
just because of that pressure. And I remember getting my car ready for the first time, going to go to NNO West. And I felt a little bit of that pressure, but I, at that time, I didn't know the, the laid back vibe yet because I hadn't gone. Right. And once I was there, you know, I was like, yo, this is different. Like, this is cool. And it was really cool to see cars that were in the primer stages, cars that were just, it was just the bare styrene, all the scratch building, just pretty much showcasing everything in there. And it was very inspirational to see that. Yeah, that's, that's one of the great things about NNL is, is you could bring everything from your from your latest, you know, work in progress to your contest winning car and everything else in between. So, you know, I know guys that bring like their whole collection with them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of them are like, oh, I got to build new stuff for next year. Well, that's that's great. And we love that. But don't forget to bring your old stuff, too, because there's a lot of guys who have come to the show for the first time weren't there last last time. This is all new stuff to them. So we're we're expecting a pretty big turnout. I, I think we'll get way over a thousand model cars on display. Yeah. And like, you know, this year in the beginning of the year when you guys had announced that, you know, it had to be canceled. Uh, how long uh, did you kind of take to kind of know that June was going to, that opportunity of doing it in June was there? Yeah, that was all up to the convention center. I, I mean, as soon as we announced it, we, we got so many calls and emails and everything uh, that people were disappointed, you know, that mm -hmm. we had to cancel. So we called the convention center and the convention center said, well, the only date we can give you is in June. And we're like, well, if it's the only date you can give us, we'll take it. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, because it's, it's hard. I mean, a, a lot of the times, you know, we want things to, to happen and everything. But at the end of the day, it's like the place that that holds that roof over everyone's head, you know, is it's what's going to make that decision of what events are going to happen or what's going to get pushed back. Um, and, yeah. then, and then later, like what's available. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy that you guys were able to, you know, pull pull everything together get the date and now it's happening this weekend uh the, you know for me i i was planning at first i was like i want to go to the one in january but i wasn't sure i have because i have a little baby like she's she's getting close to two so i and like she it's hard for her to be in like long car rides right so i was already thinking like man it's gonna be tough you know so then once you know, the, the day got pushed to June. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do June, you know, and I'll be able to like book it on time to vend and all that. But then more things came up and I'm like, oh man, like I, I just seem to always be kind of busy w when sometimes when these important dates pop up, like it gets quite difficult. But, you know, just from seeing everybody posting online and, you know, that they're excited that they're going to go. You know, it, it it makes me excited, but I'm also like, man. So I'm I'm just hoping to see some photos out there, you know, posted after the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you will. I that's something I've I've always enjoyed in the past is checking out people's pictures of the show. Um, I got rambled into photographing the show for Fine Scale Modeler Magazine because um, they're still doing contest annuals that are strictly model car stuff. And so they wanted this show coverage for the next contest annual. So nice. I'll be shooting for uh, Fine Scale Modeler on Saturday. Yeah, man, that's exciting. And NNL, uh, this year, is this going to be the 35th year that's being celebrated? 
Um, the first one's in 1985, I believe. And there was one year we didn't have it. Because uh, I retired after 15 years of doing it. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so many people missed it that, uh, you know, they, they said, oh, you got to bring it back, you got to bring it back. But we brought it back as purely a, a committee run, a purely volunteer, you know, running the show. And so lots of people... Lots of different people have run it since then. Um, I believe we're at like 33, 34, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a, a you know a pretty long time to be doing it. And, I'm you know, congratulate you guys because it's hard. It's hard to keep something consistent, you know, and, and it's awesome that, you know, you guys keep doing this. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the support we've gotten over the years has been fantastic. Um, you know, we've had years where like it landed on a uh, Super Bowl weekend, oh. <laughs> yeah. you know, sweating. Are we going to lose our butts? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it didn't affect us at all. Um, bad weather hasn't affected us. The, the, the guys really enjoy being there and they try to make an effort to be there. And that's what keeps it coming back year after year. Yeah. Yeah. And is, um, is like the, the January kind of more of the traditional like scheduling that you guys want to continue you know, like for next year and going forward? Yeah, we'll go back to January next year. Um, again, it's, it's more of a convention center thing mm. where uh, they have like the open dates in January. We're very surprised if we got a June date because June is like wedding time and they're usually very booked. And uh, the big amusement parks right across the street, there's their new ballpark right down the street. Uh, you know, it's a very busy place, hard to sell on Valley. So for us to get a June date was very surprising, but you know, hey, we'll take it. Yeah, definitely. And for someone who's who's going to be attending, um, what is it um, like that it costs? That's going to cost this year to uh, to be able to participate in the event. Uh, it's fifteen dollars to get in the door. You bring as many models as you want. Um, we'll give you. I forget how many raffle tickets we give somebody that comes in. I think it's like two raffle tickets or four raffle tickets. I don't remember. Um, and then you just set up your models and kick back, check out everybody else's, talk with everybody. And every hour we have uh, door prize raffles. This year we've got probably $2,000 worth of door prize raffles. In fact, we're uh, giving away a 3D printer this year. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a that's a big prize, and um, also like you know, there's a section with the vendors on top of that too that they could mm-hmm. go and and make purchases. We've got uh, over sixty tables sold. We'll probably get some more on the day of the event. And uh, it's a sad thing to say, but there's a, a lot of collections coming up from uh, people who passed away over yeah. you know the pandemic so there's going to be a big variety of stuff on sale Mm -hmm. oh man and um you know if if i plan on do it on in january if if everything goes good what would you recommend me to book a table like around like how many months before (laughs) because man there's a lot of tables that are sold already yeah um normally you know at least a month before if if you want to get a good spot like up against the wall or your favorite table or something you have to do it like, you know, November. 
Got but it. Uh, normally, a month ahead of time, you got a table. That's cool. And um, I also wanted to know, like, when, um, how did you get involved with NNL West? How did this all come together? Um, well, way back in 84, 85, uh, me and a model car buddy, Kevin Drake, had gone to a couple of the, the NNLs they had held out here in, like, hotels and stuff. And they were, like, dark little rooms with, folding tables, and uh, we decided we wanted to do a, a bigger event. We wanted to have uh, lots of tables and, and lots of door prizes and and really promote it, you know? Yeah. And, and so our first one was held in a Tark Lola Community Center. We made the mistake of checking out the place in the middle of the day instead of in the evening when we had held the NNL. There's no lighting in there. So... A uh, buddy of ours said, hey, I work for a hotel in Santa Fe, Santa Clara. You know, we can get the ballroom there. And so we moved it down there. And we stayed there until we outgrew the ballroom. It, it got to the point where we were, we were waiting for the fire marshal to close the doors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's when we moved over to the convention center, the bigger hall. So, yeah, it, it's been a fun trip. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's quite a, a long time right there. And... And during that time, you had mentioned you had retired as well, like from it, and then you came back. Yeah, I uh, I did it for fifteen years, and like uh, I fronted the money. I you know ran eighty percent of the show. Uh, you know, a lot of people came and helped me on the day of the event and everything. Mm-hmm. But and we were doing it two days. You know, the Saturday and the Sunday swami. So like Saturday night, I'd be sweating bullets. Because you mm. didn't make enough money from the NNL to pay for the hall and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'd sweat bullets until everybody got checked in on Sunday for the swap meet. And then you realize, uh, you know, you broke even. And it was all good. Yeah. But, uh, you know, after 15 years of that, I, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Nobody wanted to step up and take my place. So we just, at the I think it was the 15th annual, we just took all the money we made on the 15th annual and gave it to the International Model Car Builders Museum in Utah. So we gave them a nice big fat check and uh, thought it was all over. Mm-hmm. But then so many people wanted it back. I said, okay, if you want to bring it back, then <laughs> you know I'm going to need a lot of help. And so now it's it's run by you know at least a half dozen people all year long. Yeah. And then on the day of the event, we have about 20 volunteers to come and help. So uh, right now, all I do is, is I, I do, I'm a door prize chairman and I'm the webmaster for the website. So that's the only two things I really do. Yeah, that's pretty neat. You know, it's interesting, you know, what, what you say about that you had to like front the money and everything because there's a lot of pressure. And, and then also it's like a roller coaster, you know, it's, it's like, you don't, it's like the unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. And then, and then next thing you know, you're like, all right, cool. We're breaking even. Yeah. You know, and yeah. yeah, there's a there's definitely a lot of pressure and, and just a lot. I don't know. There's a lot going on that I could see how at some point you could be like, man, I need help or or it's like I can't just do this on my own like this. You know, it gets yeah. tough as time goes on. Yeah, it does. And, and uh, you know, all the, we've had probably three or four in an L uh, chairman, you know, run the thing since me. And they've all told you that's exactly the same. You know, it's mm. a lot of pressure and, and you're worried to death. And, 
you never know how people are going to react on the day of the end. And so it is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, NNL West, I, I feel like it's one of those shows that it's recommended to a lot of people. We, you know, I communicate with a lot of friends that live in the East Coast um, or even like in Texas, Arizona and Nevada. And a lot of them will ask, you know, what, what's a show? You know, I've never been to California, but what is a, a, the one show you would recommend to me? And that's definitely one that I recommend and others recommend out here in California you know, and especially even it's it's about like a five hour drive for me to uh, to get out there, you know, but it but it's one of those things where you're excited, you know, to go out there. And even when you're when the show's over and you have to go home, you're you're still happy. You're excited. You know, the, the drive and all that. It's not that bad, especially if you're going up with friends. Yeah, because you have a lot to talk about after the show like a recap so that's that's always great and then you know once you get home you now you got some time to look at all the kits and you know tools and anything that you bought at the show as well that makes it really a fun experience yeah get to look at all the booty you brought home yeah all new uh, aftermarket stuff and the great deals we got on kits and yeah i I see a, a lot of people even post that up online so Mm-hmm. I know after NNL East, the guys are always posting all the great stuff they picked up at the show. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Lot of fun. yeah and we, we have we have people come from all over the country for our show. I know one year we had uh, the NASCAR, um, all the car club come out from Massachusetts. And uh, it was fun because they turned around the Bay Area, the Northern California for a little bit and, and stopped at my house and pull the grass out of my front lawn to take back to Massachusetts because it was January and back, back in Massachusetts, it was still all under snow. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they were picking oranges and, you know, having a great old time. Um, this year we have a vendor coming from Japan um, uh, who sells low rider model car parts. Oh yes. So, Gavin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it, that's cool. You know, we do get people from like all over, and it, and it just makes a show that much more interesting. Mm-hmm. Nah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a fun one for sure. I mean, I have a, a buddy who I talk to on Instagram, and uh, he's a model builder. He's flying out from Hawaii. He'll be out there in attendance for the show. All right. Yeah, and it, it's pretty cool. I'll have to um, send you his Instagram, his page, Definitely. so you can check out his stuff. But yeah, I, I, I've been talking to him lately, and he's like. He was telling me, man, I'm excited to go out there to uh, to go to the show. So he's definitely going to be out there. And that's uh, pretty awesome. On your Instagram, I, I noticed you're working on a model. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the the big V12 Arden. What's up with that project? How's that going along? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I bought a 3D printer recently and I'm totally hooked, totally bitten by the 3D printer bug. Uh, and that's one of the the trucks I printed out from there and uh, the Arden kit, you know, came from one guy and, or the, the file to print, you know, came from one guy and the truck came from another guy and bits and pieces from here and there, but you bring it all together and create your own creation, you know, just like you would with, with model kit parts. And uh, I'm, I'm having fun with that truck. I uh, pinned and hinged the doors today which was kind of scary because I'm not used to 
the working doors and the the pin the actual door hinges that are like what it came on the actual car was a bit of a trip but uh, no i'm i'm having a ball with it hopefully it'll be done in time for saturday yeah no yeah that's cool so so this um this project you know it's, it's 3d printed is this the first uh project car that you've printed everything and assembled no i've had my printer for about uh three or four months mm -hmm. and okay. uh a lot of the first stuff I did, I mean, it's a learning curve. So some of the first stuff was pretty rough. Uh, but the last you know, couple of months, I've, I've gotten the hang of it. I'm getting better and better at it. Um, one project I finished about a month ago caught the eye of the editor at uh, Ball Cars magazine. I did a, a Aerial Atom, which I don't know if you know what an Aerial Atom is. It's like a a giant uh, go-kart for the street where the car is basically tube frame with a motor and four wheels and tires. And uh, so I did that as, as one of my first all 3D printed cars. And that'll be in uh, issue 215 of, of Mobile Cars Magazine. Man, that's awesome. And, you know, from, from all the years that you've seen, you know, your involvement with modeling, model building, and just seeing the progression of everything, you know, to now, uh, when you started to see, what was your impression when you, the first time you started to see things that were coming out 3d printed? Um, you know, the, the first real impact I got was at the Salt Lake city ball car championship about five or six years ago. Uh, they were really pushing 3d printing. They had seminars on how to use 3d printers and everything. And you kind of knew right then that if, they can refine it, make it print a little cleaner, make it a little more affordable. It's going to revolutionize the hobby. It It's biggest thing that's hit the hobby so far. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've been able to print the very first car I ever owned was a Morris Minor Coupe with a V8. And I was able to print my latest car that I drive now, which is a Monte Carlo SS 2003 limited edition. And there was never going to be a model manufacturer that was going to do models on those cars. So the fact that I get to 3D print them and make replicas of those cars is is just one part of why 3D printing is going to take off. Yeah. Do you, do you ever um, fear or think that within like five or, or ten years, the 3D print market might take over uh, kind of uh, what, the, what the manufacturers are doing with the models? Like people will just start probably, you know, going more that route than buying the kits? Yeah, you know, um, what, what's scary about that is is our local hobby shops are struggling the way it is. And everybody gets a 3D printer, they're going to stop buying kits and, and just print out what they want to build. And that, that's kind of scary to me. Yeah. You know, I, I'd hate to see hobby shops go the way of, blockbuster video you know oh yeah true so no, it's going to be interesting to see but um i, I love my 3d printer <laughs> no yeah i mean i'm i i don't own one i do want to own one though i just don't have the like the area to place it to be uh printing and getting things going mm -hmm. um, but i mean i i'm i'm welcoming it though you know for the longest since when i started to see little things coming out in the beginning, I mean, I was like, yo, this is crazy. This is cool. Like, 
this is definitely going to change things. And yeah, the, it's going to enhance. The detail you get in a 3D printer is amazing. You could look down the Venturi tubes on a, on a Holly car. I mean, detail just blows me away that a 3D printer can give you. Yeah, and, and your other friends that also build model cars, do most of them also have 3D printers as well? No, not there's not too many people around here that have 3D printers. They're all kind of watching me and seeing what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, I I did meet one friend uh, last weekend at the Good Guys show uh, that bought one recently, and he's just as addicted as I am. <laughs> mm. So we talked for hours over you know the learning curve of figuring out the 3D printer, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to revolutionize our hobby. Yeah, and as far as far as the software right now, is everyone kind of using the same type of software, or or is there just too many options now? Yeah, there are several different ways to go, uh, but the the main thing is you go and you get the the hobbyist edition of it, or the or the student edition of it, the free copy of the hardware, because what what you're doing now is pretty simple stuff, so you don't need the big buck fancy version of the hardware. Or software, sorry. Um, so, like right now, I have uh, Fusion 360. I have the hobbyist version of Fusion 360. And since the NNL is over, I've, I plan on learning that better and better so I can build my own parts. Right now, I'm buying files off of people. And I want to be able to start building my own parts. Yeah, start like your own parts and then like a catalog. Uh, by then, like in the future, you know, once you have that, are you... Would you plan to also offer that for sale for people if they need those uh, parts? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, back when I was doing Plastic Fanatic magazine, I had a, a pretty big mail order service too. And uh, it takes too much of your time. I am retired. I have a couple of books in my head that I want to get out on paper. And I want to spend time with my wife. So, you know, I just sold my magazine recently. And, and I've retired from work. And... I'm looking to kick it back a little. Yeah, no, nah, that's cool. You deserve it. I mean, you've done a lot, you know, you know, from everything you're telling, like the story, it's, dang, that's, that's a lot of years, you know, of being involved with the hobby. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was in my twenties, I was, uh, writing model car columns for the real car magazines and I got to know Tim Boyd real well. And when Tim, uh, moved to the San Francisco Bay area, we hung out together and he, introduced me to all the mall car guys around here and things just kind of boomed from there i started my own uh well i didn't start it but i joined a local mall car uh group and started doing their newsletter and their newsletter turned into plastic fanatic magazine and i published plastic fanatic magazine for 10 years and then about 10 years ago my friends and family said hey you need to do another mall car magazine <laughs> so i did uh model car builder magazine for 10 years and just recently i uh, got out of that so yeah you know it's my hobby i'm addicted to it i love it i love the people in it it, it doesn't get much better yeah you know it, it's like um it's it, it's like model building runs in your blood you know you there's no way of getting away from it you know you can yeah. Even like, let's say if, um, if if you're not able to go to the shows or anything, you still have access to go online, connect with people, see what they're doing, like cheer them on, 3D print, 
Like, it's cool. Like, you know, it's uh, that's the cool thing about it is you could take your time with it whenever you want to, you know, build or follow oh, up. Oh, yeah. The, the, all, all the model car groups on, on Facebook and stuff allows you to talk to people all over the country, all over the world, really. And, uh, I, you know, back when I was publishing the magazines, I always said I could go to, like, almost any big city in America and call them all car buddy and say, hey, let's get together, you know? <laughs> and uh, that's the way it is today, too, with, with Facebook connecting us all. Yeah, no, yeah, that's that's cool. On your um, on your Instagram page, uh, on your caption, you have their editor of, of Hot Cars Magazine. Uh, tell us about Hot Cars Magazine. Well, uh, like I said earlier, you know, uh, my friends and family said, you need to do another model car magazine. And I, I brought all the tools together to do the model car magazine. And at the same time, I thought, you know, I, I want to do a real car magazine, too. So I started Hot Cars. So I would publish Ball of Car Builder one month and then publish Hot Cars Magazine the next month, and they would just like talk each other. And uh, Hot Cars became pretty much a, uh, uh, what, what I like to call a non-niche magazine. So it covered everything from, uh, you know, the race of gentlemen and drog to Pelva Beach Hot Cars, Yellowcats, and everything in between. Uh, anything with four wheels on it that was modified, I was there. <laughs> But uh, that was fun too. But like I said, that, I just retired, and so Hot Cars is gone too. But uh, I'm going to miss the perks. Mm. I'm going to miss the press passes to places like Pebble Beach, and and uh, being able to go right up on the track to photograph races was really amazing. So the perks made it really all worthwhile. <laughs> yeah, no, I bet. I mean, having that access to just be there up close in front and be able to be in areas where other, you know like viewers can't even be at. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was definitely a great time in my life. I, I published hot cars for 10 years too, right alongside um, all the car builder. And uh, it was definitely a fun time. That's cool. And, you know, I, I wanted to know some, some history with model building for you. Like when was it with the, when model building, like the first time you saw a model car kit and you got involved with it? Uh, I'd have to blame my older brother. My older brother was a, a big 55 Chevy fan and, and he, uh, he liked to build model cars. And when he got, uh, serious with the ladies and got married and everything, he gave me all this model car stuff and I was hooked. <laughs> right on. So he's like, here you go. You must've been so happy getting all that stuff. Well, it wasn't a lot, but it was enough to get me interested in, and get me going and you know, I'm a true gearhead. I love cars. So yeah, no nah, man, that's that's pretty cool. And at and at that time, like the the kits that you know you started to later pursue and build, uh, were you getting these? You know, at like was there hobby stores then in the area, or or more just like at like the grocery stores or wherever they were selling them? Uh, I've been very fortunate. Uh, the the local hobby shop, Hobbies Unlimited, in uh, in San Lorenzo, I've been buying from them since I was probably 18, 19 years old. Wow. And I'm still buying from them. They're still in business. So I've been very fortunate in that. But we also had some really huge hobby shops here in the Bay Area. Uh, DJ Hobbies and, um, you know, lots of big hobby shops. So my ball of car buddies and me would get together on a Saturday and just 
drive from hobby shop to hobby shop, check out all the new kits and the new aftermarket stuff and everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. You know, it was some fun times. I, now you can't do it because all the hobby shops are closing. Yeah. It's, it's really, really hard. Uh, you know, and was there ever a model that you kind of, after a while from building it, you kind of dislike building it that you were like, I'm never going to buy this one. It's almost like it's cursed. Like what's up with this kit? <laughs> uh, yeah. The V-neck bandit probably is the one kit I really don't like. <laughs> um, those Ravel Roth cars were very accurate and very to scale, which meant they were very fragile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And whenever, like, the, I'm trying to picture, like, when you go to, like, a, a hobby shop or even just, like, you know, at a swap meet and you see those kids, do, do they, like, kind of bring back memories that you're like, oh, I'm not getting that one? <laughs> uh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I, I ventured out and tried to make some extra money building models. And I did uh, the uh, SS Constitution, which had, like, five million black uh, ropes that came down and tied to five million black loops on the black hall. Whoa. I almost went blind doing that model and, and swore I would never do another one in my life. Dang. Do you, did, you, did you take photos of that? No, this is long oh, time okay. ago. Dang, it sounds intense yeah. for sure. It, it was. And, and then, you know, what I... The time it took me to do it and the fact that I went half blind doing it, I probably made 50 cents an hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Man, and what's like your nowadays, like your paint, your, your to go to paint that you like to use for your models? Uh, my go to for what? Uh, paint? Like the paint oh, brand? Paint? Yeah. Tamaya. Uh, I was, I used to be very set against Tamaya because they're, oh man, they're so much more expensive, you know? And uh, I can't afford Tamaya. But the fact that it comes out right the first time makes it worth the extra expense. To my paints are amazing. They they go on smooth. They go on even. Uh, I can't say enough for to my paints. Yeah, they're very forgiving too. Like if you spray too much, even like the the primer. Yes. It's uh, yes. it's still even sound. It looks smooth. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how they do it, but. It's worth the extra money. Yeah, no, yeah. I remember those being like uh, some of the first uh, rattle cans that I was using mm -hmm. when I when I started getting back into model building about like mm -hmm. uh, 2015. And I just remember, you know, them like the, the the spray, just everything laying out down from the primer, the paint, and the clear coat um, on it, and just just being like super like happy about it. And mm -hmm. I was very intimidated by airbrushing at the time. Oh, 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 yeah. I, I, you know, I've been in a hobby all my life, and I'm still intimidated by airbrushing. I, I have a hard time with it. Yeah. And you know, NNL has, has a huge uh, lowrider showing there. And to walk around and look at their amazing paint jobs just blows me away. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yet. wish I could do that. Yeah, see, when I started to see, you know, like, lowrider cars, uh, uh, like, back then, I remember, you know, it was always, like, one color, maybe two, but then when I got back into it, I was just blown away, like you said, like, all these different colors, and and that was a mystery, like, how do they do all this, how do they add that flake, the pearls, and how do they get all these, like, 
uh, different patterns that are just, you know, on top of each other or next to each other. I I didn't understand it at all. And, yeah. And, you know, little by little, once I started meeting friends, they started to uh, show me um, the process of doing it, backmasking and taping and all this. So it, it was interesting just to see that process of how it's done. But yeah, I, I can't imagine some of the more modern models the amount of uh, masking and the many layers and everything, it must take them hours and hours to do those effects. Yeah, it's, it is. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's definitely like a lot of hours and a lot of tape involved with that. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a couple of people that I, they, they still do a lot of really amazing model building with lowriders, uh, especially the paint jobs um, out here in Southern California. Uh, one that most people know is Armando Flores. And yeah. then there's, um, there's another, he's on Instagram. His name's Juan Sepulveda. He goes by Juan for you. And he, man, he picked up the airbrush and he started doing lowrider models, like paint jobs. And within like, I would say within like a two years, he was like a quick learner. He was knocking out these paint jobs left and right quick. He's super fast with the taping. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll have to look him up. Yeah, I'll have to share some of his work uh, for you to see because I I follow him and he's con constantly like posting and and he's very diverse. He likes to like uh, build lots of different genres of of cars, so it's it's really neat to see that. Cool. Yeah, yeah you know, doing the model magazines for so many years, I kind of forced me into doing a lot of different cars, so I kind of enjoy doing everything. Yeah, it's like it's like you go through these phases, right? Like you you start getting into something, and then you start buying like all the cars within that year or that style, and then later, you know, you see something else and you get inspired and you start going for that style. Oh yeah, when 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 Pro Street came out back in the eighties, it was like that's that's amazing, and all my models were like Pro Street everything, you know. <laughs> yeah. And now I hardly ever do a Pro Street. Yeah, not. What what cars are you mostly into right now at this moment that you're primarily building? Um, well, I just finished two Volkswagens, which anybody who knows me, I'm not a big Volkswagen fan. But thanks to the 3D printing, I was able to do a a, a VW Bug with a twin turbocharged uh, mid-engine big block Chevy in it, and then I did the same thing with a, a Carmen Kia. So. The Carnegie looks pretty much stock from the outside, but the bug's a little wild. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I, I go through my my phases of what I like to build at the moment. Right now, it's mid-engine crazy cars. Right on. And have, have you uh, traveled, like, across the U.S. like to attend different um, model car shows? Well, back when I was doing Plastic Fanatic and I had my mail-order business, uh, me and my good buddy Rex Barton, we would probably travel to maybe 10 shows a year all over the country. Uh, selling amazing, selling aftermarket stuff. And uh, it was great. I, I love to travel. So, yeah, uh, that's uh, tight. Yeah. And, and you know, from, from traveling and, and seeing, you know, all the, like the different styles, was there, was there certain, you know, like states or, or just areas where it kind of surprised you that th 
this is, I guess, like a majority of a style that's being built versus well, other, like California? Um, if, well, if you go down south, of course, uh, NASCAR and circle track racing and all that's really big. Uh, one of the things that surprised me the first time I went to NNL East was the huge amount of turnout they had on commercial trucks. You know, 18 wheelers and dump trucks and fire trucks. And because we hardly see any of that at NNL West, but they have tables and tables full of them. And they're very popular in the East. And, you know, in the West Coast, it's, it's pretty diversified. But yeah, the two biggest things that caught my eye was down south, it's NASCAR, and up north, there's commercial truck. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if, you know, if there, there's a lot of, you know, they, they get to see that a lot in the area where they get inspired to want to do, you know, like maybe some replicas exactly. of the of the trucks. You're a product of your environment. Yes. <laughs> no, that's so very true. Yeah, because, you know, I, I know like, you know, out here in California, there's a lot of lowriders, a lot of custom cars, and, you know, we, we tend to see that a lot. But it's always interesting when you start to see, you know, other different types of cars and different styles. And, you know, for me, like the NNO West is one of those like stomping grounds where it brings in, you know, a variety of, of different styles and genres. Yeah, that uh, NNO West is pretty diversified. I mean, the, the only thing, I, like I said, is we don't see a lot of big trucks. There are a few big trucks there, uh, but nothing like back east. Uh, but, you know, we have like a big section of lowriders, a big section of uh, race cars, sports cars, big section of street rides. Yeah, it's, it's a great show for that. There's a lot of big variety. Yeah, and then also the uh, the scales is another thing. You, you could pretty much participate with uh, different uh, scales at that show. Yeah, you know, in fact, the theme this year is pretty much anything but 124, 125. And so... The large-scale guys are, are kind of coming out in force. So we actually added a lot more tables this year because we figured the large-scale guys were going to take up more space. Uh, so we added about, let's see, about 16 more tables, display tables. So Plus, I think it's going to be a little bigger turnout than usual this year. Yeah, I mean, you know, because it, it's been a while, you know, you know, two years, but then on top of that, a, a lot mm -hmm. of a lot of people haven't really had any shows or been able to attend shows yeah. you know w within that time and you know some people miss their friends uh you know to see each other and yeah. you know it, right now everyone's excited cuz of summertime you know the graduation school all that stuff's like done with and now it's like all right cool you know we got a show coming up and i mean Man, I, I, I'm like, I wish I could go, you know. <laughs> I, I know that day I'm, I'm going to be a bit bummed out, like, man, you know. But at the same time, uh, I know I'll be, like, looking at photos, trying to just wait. Like, all right, hopefully somebody will go live on Instagram so I feel like I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> just, that would be cool. Yeah, walking around, you know, just, like, recording everything and, and seeing, like, and what's I'm, up. A fine scale modeler asked me to shoot between 30, uh, 30 to 40 cars. And if I'm going to shoot 30 or 40 cars, I'll be stuck at that table photographing the whole show. Man, when do you, like for something like that, you know, when do you take a break? You know, is it, can you take a little break and be like, all right, I'll, I'll be back? 
yeah, yeah. No, there's always that that uh, that time where uh, guys haven't realized yet that I put the note in the car to come come bring it to photograph. So you, you get breaks. I'm sure I'll see the show. I just, uh, you know, I I don't have Model Car Builder anymore, and uh, uh, you know, other magazines are going to have other people there. And fine scale modelers said, you know, we can't get anybody to photograph the show. And I said, okay, I'll do it. I was kind of looking forward to having a year off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And, um, you know, what, what's that like, that feeling or just seeing people excited when they're coming over with their car because they got selected to be photographed? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, that's one of the things I enjoyed about doing Plastic Fanatic and Model Car Builder was I was taking cars off the Internet and featuring them you know, full centerfold, five-page feature on them. And these are cars that probably would never have been featured in any of the other magazines. And, and the joy you feel when people write you and thank you and, and tell you how much they appreciate it. And, you know, at the show, I, I think the ones I love the best are the young people. You know, when they pick one of the, when you pick one of their cars to photograph, they can't believe it. I'm like, really? <laughs> nah, yeah, I bet. I, I, you know, it, it must be something that they don't forget. You know, it's something impactful for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's um, yeah. a big a deal. Nah, yeah, it is. And then later to be able to see it, you know, like on a magazine or online as yeah. well, being posted, all, all those things like that is, it's, uh, yeah. Well, you know, that's the other problem in our hobby is we need to get the young people more involved. Mm hmm. Yeah. And so the more we can do it, the better. Yeah, you know, I um when whenever I I check um like my insights analytics like you know, Instagram, Facebook or even like my YouTube channel, you know, I I see right now like the the age, it's it would say anywhere from like um let's say like 35 30 35 and like 40 range where yeah. it shows like a lot of people that are like interested or they're looking or, or taking some type of action on mm -hmm. what's being uh posted and then after that is like underneath that it it's a it says people around 20 years old to you know like under 30 the number's low but little by little but i've been paying attention to that number on those ages and it's starting to kind of grow a little more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I'm thinking about, like, that that age group, like like younger people that are, like you said, coming in to the hobby. And we want them to come in. So this way, you know, everything keeps keeps moving forward. And um, I'm now I'm starting to get, you know, I'll get, like, DMs of younger people asking questions with model building and stuff. So I'm starting to see, like, all right, cool. You know, I, I don't see it like leaving or anything i do see like mm -hmm. little little by little more and more people getting involved uh but at the same time you know with the the 3d printing is is definitely gonna i feel like it's gonna pull in more people in yeah, it I, I as well right. and uh it, but it's interesting though like seeing everything you know kind of kind of unfold because you know at, at times it's kind of you know, it could be tough to uh, to try to get like a younger kid who's maybe like 10, 
15 years old because they're, they're into other things. And un unless if they're around, they've been exposed to model building mm -hmm. and, and somebody in their family does it, then, you know, they're going to be more prone to try it out and see what's up. But for someone who's like completely like not, nah, it it's, it's, could be kind of tough. But yeah, but I feel the the big help too with the social media helps a lot. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I think that probably out of everything nowadays, uh, social media is going to help or harm you more. Um, just the fact that uh, they're seeing all of us having fun with it, they're more likely to pick it up and start doing it. Yeah, and then you know, I, there, and then there's also um, a handful of people that I've I've heard, you know, great stories and comments that they say that like model building has helped them, that it's like a therapy. Um, you know, some people have told me that that they've suffered from like anxiety or depression, and mm -hmm. that the model building is something that just takes it takes all that away. It, it puts them in a zone where they're just concentrated on what's in front of them. And that that Definitely. that vision that they have of that car, what is it that they they're trying to execute? And mm -hmm. you know, it, it it's interesting how like model building is such of like a, a learning thing. You know, you you could run into some mistakes or things could happen, but then you give it a break and then you come back like the next day or two, and you could continue and, and fix those mistakes. And um and get it you know just get it going to where where you want it to be, but. But it's cool that it gives like that type of like an escape, but a positive one. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's something that's that's. Um, it's you know. it's working with more than just your thumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, video games take up a lot of hours, and when you're done, you don't have anything to show for it. And with model building, you have these these great creations you've made. And now you get to take them to a show and share them with other model builders. No, yeah, you, it, it's it's cool. I mean, I'm I'm happy that you know we're we're part of this. You know the the model building, you know, fandom that's like you know been in our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's great. And um, you know, for for anybody who's uh who's coming out to to NNL, any uh, any words or anything. Um, you know, you recommend like get there early or, you know, so this way they don't miss out on anything. Uh, no, uh, you know, we open the doors at nine, it's usually uh, a pretty good line at nine, but it sends out fast. Um, just, you know, bring your models, set them out, enjoy your time. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, you know, Roy, it, this was awesome. I'm I'm happy that we uh, we did this episode right here. This is episode number 168, NNL West. I hope to to see you and get to meet you next year at the 2023. I hope I hope that you are going to be at that one. Uh, hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no promises, no promises. But we'll see. You but know. yeah, no, I. I, I... I feel the same. I hope I get to meet you and uh, yeah. shake hands in person. Right on, man. Right on. Well, it was great talking to you. I hope you have a good night and thank you for, for taking the time and it was a pleasure. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. You have a good one. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.